0: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit slash play 100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cues podcast covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
2: Today on The Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse football on the recruiting trail and Syracuse basketball on the warpath. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Andrew Cowie, and our guest today dot Rivals.com, Scott Brown. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the program.
1: Hey, I appreciate you asking me to be on.
2: And Scott, we'll get you started on this one. Three star defensive end Joshua Black announcing his decommitment from Illinois over the weekend. He's taking his official visit to Syracuse this weekend. Did one have anything to do with the other?
1: Um, things really got rolling with this one. Uh, the and uh, Wy- I coaching staff um, kind of had a shake up there. His main recruiter, Tim Banks was a defensive coordinator, and uh, he took a job with Penn State. And with that, you know, the role of Josh Black was, was really up in the air. The, the staff at, at Illinois really saw him as more of a hybrid defensive lineman, outside linebacker, and the new coach staff coming in really told him that, you know, the style of their defense was going to change. So with that and then the aggressive pursuit of Syracuse, and he really had a, a good relationship with, with Sean Lewis coming into this whole thing from his time at Bowling Green um, the two probably definitely did contribute to one another, and uh, with Joshua coming onto campus this weekend, I really think this is Syracuse's recruit to lose.
2: Scott, let's talk about another guy who's going to be on the Syracuse campus this weekend, three-star running back Joel Shaw down to Syracuse, Pitt, in Western Michigan. He is from Pittsburgh, so how likely is it that Syracuse can pluck a guy from Pitt's backyard?
1: Yeah, Shaw really came out of the scene when Mike Hart was named the running back coach at Syracuse. He was a Western Michigan guy, um, and he actually just tweeted out a picture of himself with Mike Hart and uh, co-offensive coordinator Sean Lewis at an in-home visit last night. He does have the visit set up for this weekend, and from what sources have told me, the visit went very well. Um, The coaches impressed him. They feel comfortable and confident that they can bring him to Syracuse, um, especially since that relationship is there with Coach Hart and, and Shaw. Uh, Before the visit, however, the feeling out there in the recruiting world kind of a little bit is that Pitt is the slight favorite right now. Um, Shaw actually held off committing to Pittsburgh earlier in the recruiting process. because the old coaching staff with Chris there. actually preferred him as a linebacker, but now Narduzzi is in there, and he's actually met with him and seen him at the running back and feels confident that he could come to Pitt and contribute as a running back. Now, Pittsburgh does have talented running backs on the roster right now, and two running backs already committed to this class, but I've been told that they would accept him if he were to commit. So, you know, that that could be a a huge problem for Syracuse. Um, Pittsburgh does have that final visit looming to on the 29th, so they'll get the last crack at him. If I were to guess right now, I'd say Pitt does have that slight edge over Syracuse for Shaw.
2: Scott, let's talk about this past weekend now. Devon Cooper and Cedric Bird took officials to Syracuse over the weekend, mm-hmm. and Sean Riley, their teammate, committed to Syracuse over the weekend. These are three California guys. Where do things stand with them?
1: Yeah, those California guys, that's pretty cool because that shows kind of Coach Baylor's reach that he has all over the, the nation to be able to recruit all over um, you know, the United States. And, and with those two guys, going into the weekend, everybody kind of knew of Sean Riley he was kind of more the um, likely candidate to recruit there, and that's exactly what happened. With Cooper and Bird, I, I've been told that these three guys that came in there, they have a real tight relationship with one another, and uh, you know, they're a real tight community. And Cooper left very impressed. He left thinking very highly of Syracuse. He still is the Arizona commit. He doesn't want to really pull that trigger right now. He's kind of waiting to see what happens with Bird. Um, I've kind of been told by a source that if Syracuse were to offer Cedric Byrd, he would definitely commit right then and there. You know, he holds Syracuse very highly. If Cedric Byrd, with Riley already committed, I think Devon Cooper would would follow suit and uh, commit as well. Um, That same source also told me that Byrd, this is pretty um, fascinating, he's actually faster than Cooper, bigger than Sean Riley, and a better returner of both of them. So he may be a little under-recruited from that standpoint. Um, The only thing that I can imagine why the staff right now is really hesitating is they want to see what's going to develop with um, Desmond Fitzpatrick, a four-star wide receiver, he's coming onto campus three-star, Jerome uh, Rowland he'll be on campus this weekend as well and then they have a couple other options out there like Mm -hmm. a Malik Harrison out of Ohio that the staff is really high on I think they kind of want to wait and see what happens with those guys before they offer bird and ultimately take that chance of getting all three of those California guys
2: Scott, we'll get you out of here on this one. We're only three weeks away from NLI Day, so what are some of the biggest recruiting battles that Syracuse will have to fight in the next few weeks?
1: Yeah, I mentioned about you know, Joe Shaw in Pittsburgh. I think that's going to kind of come right down to uh, signing day, so keep an eye on that. Um, I think there are really three others that are worth mentioning that could really define this first recruiting class for Coach Babers. Um, the first one, big four-star offensive lineman, Stuart Reese. Um, from Florida that was recently on campus this past weekend. Um, he met with Syracuse uh, today, actually in a home visit with the coaches, and uh, I think Syracuse will be right in there with the end with uh, Reese. Um, I know that they're really kind of making him a priority moving forward. Uh, he does have a visit this weekend with Mississippi State, but the feedback I'm getting right now is that Syracuse is in the lead for his service that he left. Very, very impressed uh, with Syracuse and what they had to offer. The only thing is Florida State. Uh, he was once considered a Florida State wing He does have that visa on the 29th. Florida State just kind of told him, we got to wait and see. We're evaluating other players, kind of hold off. If FSU were to move on, I think Syracuse is the landing spot for him. Um, another one, a second one, is uh, the four-star Desmond Fitzpatrick that I that I mentioned a little bit earlier. He's another one that Syracuse will be fighting for till the end. He has a great relationship with Coach Mike Hart. He wants to announce on February 1st, so expect him to take all of his um, visits first. He was committed to Louisville at one point. He still has a high interest with them. But right now, Syracuse is really battling Nebraska, Louisville for that number one spot. And Indiana is kind of looming right there. This will definitely come down to the visit and that comfort level he has with the coaches in the program. And then finally, I think Malik Harrison, a three-star athlete, all around, do everything. He's out of Ohio. Um, he was considering Ohio State lean at one point and actually had an official visit with them this past weekend, but he left that visit without committing to the Buckeyes. He has thought to uh, um, be able to play maybe a wide receiver, a linebacker, even a defensive end or a defensive back at, all, at the next level. That just kind of says his athleticism that he has. Syracuse have been told likes him at wide receiver, but depending on where he develops over the next couple of years, he could uh, turn into a defensive backman or uh, what, you know uh, another role in that defense. Uh, Should Ohio State pass on Harrison, Syracuse would have to contend still with, like, a Michigan State or Wisconsin. All those are are pretty high up there. Um, The secret weapon that Syracuse might have, however, in all of this with Malik Harrison is actually 2016 basketball commit Matthew Moyer. Uh, He's from Ohio. He's actually good friends with Harrison. He's played AAU basketball with him. And Moyer's told me that he is doing his best job putting on that recruiting hat and trying to get Harrison to Syracuse. But in the words of Moyer, you know when Urban Meyer's calling you uh, from your hometown Buckeyes, it's really hard to ignore that phone call. So, we'll see how that one goes.
2: Scott, awesome stuff! Thanks so much for coming on again. Scott Brown from Rivals dot com and CuseConfidential dot com. Make sure to subscribe to Rivals dot com, especially now that we're in the home stretch of the twenty sixteen recruiting cycle. Scott, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you so much, Wes. I appreciate the opportunity.
2: Great stuff from our friend Scott, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Senior College Basketball Analyst and 2003 National Champion, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, how are you today?
3: I'm doing well now.
2: <laughs> Andrew, I think I know why, because Syracuse, with a season-changing 64-62 win over number 20 Duke on Monday night at Cameron and North Stadium, Syracuse needed a signature winning conference play to be considered for the NCAA tournament, and I think they got it. How big of a win was it?
3: You know, it, it's definitely a massive win. Anytime uh, you beat Duke at Duke, you know, obviously they they're struggling of late, but a massive win um, for the resume, and then also a massive win for confidence. You know, we were uh, there's a couple games that slid away at the end. You think of Miami that we that we had possibly in the last four minutes, and and when those type of things keep happening, you lose your confidence, and you're like, we gotta. It's tough to close games out, and this was a. Uh, You know, having that, you know, and one by Tyler and and those little things were huge. uh, Those last four minutes to get a closeout win that we definitely needed.
2: And Andrew, Tyler Roberson, 14 points, 20 rebounds, 12 on the offensive end, setting a record at Cameron Indoor Stadium for opponents. What's gotten into him?
3: You know, I think uh, without a doubt it's a great game for him, great energy and effort. Uh, but it also I think the matchup worked in his favor. Duke, you know, missing Jefferson uh, was obviously big. If you think of, if you look at it, Plumlee for Duke had a career high rebound as well. So just the style of game, just a lot of three pointers going up, a lot of missed shots. It wasn't great uh shooting from a Duke perspective. Uh so I think those things helped in his favor, but obviously you can't take away you saw the effort uh, the just tenacity going after board, you know, getting it. And then I think, you know, we we can't forget is that when he did the boards, a lot of times he was smart enough to kick it out for a three and, and I think those uh, little details sometimes uh we forget about it. But uh, uh those are huge three to give wide open shots for uh Malachi and uh, for uh you know for the rest of the three point shooters.
2: You know, Andrew, Beheim's been back four games now, and I think there's a big, big difference in the way Syracuse has played in these four games. What did you think of the job Hopkins did in his nine games? And is this change in the last four games really all attributable to Beheim returning?
3: You know, I don't think so. I think I think it's kind of unfair to judge Coach Hop on those nine games. You know, part of it—you know—tough road games against Miami, against Pittsburgh, tough matchups. We, you know, we don't do so well against those style teams uh and also you just got to remember like the players are used to this one voice this Beheim voice all through preseason all through uh start practice and everything and so then you switch it up it's just a coach Hoff is obviously going to have a little bit of a different style than Beheim, and then the players know they coming back in nine games so it's just it's just a weird dynamic and i think you know i remember watching the you know, watching the Duke game and at halftime, you know Seth Greenberg, you know, talking about the difference with Beheim and Hopkins. And okay, yes, you know, Beheim obviously a Hall of Famer. He he probably makes a little bit of difference, but you know, I just don't think it's fair to uh, judge Coach Hop in those non games because this is a weird dynamic the way um, you know he came in, you know, through well, you know first quarter of the season.
2: Andrew, I know we've discussed this before, but now we have a pretty good sample size of what to expect from this team. So how do you see the rest of the season playing out?
3: Well, I think when we first uh, our first podcast we started the season, you, you, you asked about Syracuse, what I thought. I said, you know, I think this is going to be a classic team where you're going to have your hot really highs and your really lows. So as much as I think all Syracuse fans are on a high right now, with the big win at Duke, we got to be worried because right around the corner you could have a bad shooting night, uh, you know, and we could go right down to a low again. So it's just it's going to be a game by game. We just got to keep our fingers crossed and uh, hopefully that this is a little bit of a confidence booster for the team and and we can uh, you know steal another game here or there.
2: Andrew, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts.
3: Uh, my closing thoughts is kind of just to take on the last one is that, is that I think we just need to. We need to find one more signature win. It might be the next game against Virginia. Um, Maybe it's a Miami game. Maybe it's Florida State. We just need one of those wins where you look at the schedule and say, I don't know if we can win that game, and we can steal it. I think that kind of gives us that comfortability of, okay, we're going to be in the tournament. And once once you're in the NCAA, to me it's all about matchups and anything can happen.
2: Andrew, my closing thoughts are on the Syracuse women's basketball team winning their third straight game. 91-65 91-65 over Wake Forest over the weekend. They're 14-4 and fighting for an NCAA playoff spot, just like the men are, and I just hope they can keep it going. 10-1 and in Syracuse this season. That's it for us for Andrew Cowie. This is Wes Chang reminding you that when a Frogs car breaks down, it gets towed away. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.tv, and we'll see you
0: next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network.